are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the promo says, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Since this is the Monday episode, we're going to look at the three games from this weekend, sum up the Astros series, do a quick preview of the Marlins, very quick because I already did one last week, and then we will do the full count trends for the podcast, looking at three players who have up performances and two head who had down over the last week. I feel like most Indians fans, if I had told you after, you know, the three straight losses that uh, they would have an even split with the Astros, I think most fans would have been excited by that. I know that uh, after winning the first two, it probably feels a little disappointing, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where it didn't go perfectly, but uh, compared to what most people were expecting, it probably went better than we expected. Horrible language use there. So we'll start Friday's game. Uh, You have uh, Kluber pitching relatively well, another short outing for him. Oliver Perez struggling. On the other side of things, the Indians were able to get the calm cue. Gonzalez hit a home run, which I think was his first extra base hit since he joined the Indians. Martin hits his fifth home run of the year, and we get two home runs by Lindor. So with those two home runs, he is already up to three, I want to say, which even with his missed time, I also believe would tie him for second on the team. Uh, if you had Leonis Martin is the Indians' uh, home run leader going into uh, May, raise your hand. Now we know who the liar in the room is. I don't think anyone expected that. Um was a, a solid win for the Indians. They were able to uh, take advantage of Hector Rondon, former Indian, and you know they they pulled off that victory there. And it wasn't anything that stood out except for to me the power explosion. The four home runs is what really stood out in that game. Brad Hand picking up his eighth save. Nice to see Kluber having an okay outing. I would have liked to have seen a bit more from him. It has not been a great start to the year. Adam Simber with a bit of a rebound performance. But, yeah, the home runs are, of course, what's going to stand out from that Friday game. So if we bump across to Saturday's game, when you look at the box score, Carlos Gonzalez keeping it going, and not too many other guys on the Indians keeping it going, unfortunately. Just one extra base hit. They did manage eight hits. Now, Houston only managed five, but got four runs on five hits because Shane Bieber, quite unusually for him, walked four batters. Uh, he did strike out nine. Uh, Tyler Clippard made his debut, pitched a solid one in the third innings, striking out two. And Adam Simber with another uh negative performance giving up the picking up the loss because he gave up the home run to Tony Kemp of all people not exactly uh, the player you expect to hit the home run to win for the Astros through the course of the game it was one of those the Indians offense wasn't necessarily bad but they just have not been successful stringing things together 
and that continued in this game. But again, uh, what started out looking rough for uh, Bieber, he ended up going six strong. Otero came out and pitched well. Olsen and Clippard, just Simber with kind of giving it up there late. And then we go to today's game, which was a bit of a snoozer if you're an Indians fan. Wade Miley uh, had his way with the Indians through five and a third, allowing just one run on six hits. That one run came on Carlos Santana's second home run of the year. Carrasco with a, a solid outing. I mean, it would have been better if he uh, hadn't given up the home run. It really makes you go, you know, why are you pushing him? It, after pulling Bieber and Kluber the past few games to uh, to keep letting Carrasco push out there, I understand it's low pitch count, but once he got himself in trouble, that's to me that's always the sign that maybe we need to start considering, you know, getting him out of here. Left him in just a bit too long, three-run home run, and that is the difference in the game. I mean, you enter that seventh inning, the Indians are up one nothing thanks to that Santana home run, and let's just go through the inning as painful as it might be for Indians fans. But to kind of illustrate the craziness of leaving Carrasco in to a degree. So Bregman flies out. We're dealing with the heart of the order here. Brantley singles. Correa strikes out. So he's gotten two outs. Now at this point, Giriel doubles, who's not one of their best hitters. This is the seventh inning. You intentionally walk Riddick to get to Chirinos. Or Chirininos. And then... Uh, he homers in the seventh after that double that's pretty much you know when he gives up the single I have someone warming up after the double I'm pulling him I'm not going to leave him in there any further than that Uh, the the shutout is gone not that I would ever leave anyone in to chase the shutout but you're going through the lineup again you're going through the heart of that lineup he hits the three run home run Tony Kemp reaches on a bunt single and then Springer singles again. So if you're keeping track at home, that's one, two, three, four, five hits in that inning. They then go to Ramirez, who gets that final out. But entering that inning, Crasco had given up one hit. He had been utterly dominant, but it was pretty clear that he just, you know, that time through the order, didn't have it together. And... Uh, the Indians pay the price and get the loss. Not a bad outing. I'm not going to blame Carrasco for this one. The offense was, again, they outhit the Astros, but they couldn't get things together. Was nice seeing Jose Ramirez reach base three out of four times. He is getting closer to 200. On the other side of things, Jason Kipnis has just about fallen apart, and he went 0 for 4 in the game to knock his Average below 200, uh, 261 on base, and at 214 slugging. He is just, uh, he's been in a miserable slump since he came up and had the, that first hot performance for him. It has been an issue. Also, getting a chance in today's game is uh, Jordan Luplo. I mentioned the fact that he should get an opportunity. You know, they went out and traded assets more or less to add him and then quickly sent him down to the minors. Greg Allen was optioned down to get Luplo up. It's very odd to me, though, that you call him up and immediately drop him in the five spot. I get there may not be a lot of great choices. And he actually had a pretty solid game. He had a hit and a walk. I'll take, uh, 
if you're getting on base twice in a game uh, and not producing outs, if it's not like a fielder's choice, then that's a good game for a hitter. I mean, end of story. Jake Bowers had uh, two hits in the game. Even Naquin in his pinch hit was a double. Santana, of course, had the home run. And Ramirez had the strong performance. But the biggest concern at this point is Jason Kipnis. He has kind of replaced... Uh, he's, he's having an Eric Stamets-level performance at second base for the Indians. We'll go into some total stat stuff in a bit, looking how the team's done. Neil Ramirez pitched well in his inning. Um, I'll give him credit where it's due. I still don't think he really has much business being in the majors with the Indians. Um, it was pointed out to me on Twitter that it's one of those things where the Indians offered him salary arbitration. So they wanted Neil Ramirez so badly they were in the process of cutting all this salary but gave Ramirez a million dollars. This wasn't someone who they you know, designated for Simon, give him a minor league contract, and then he's making the uh, the minimum. No, he is, he's making a million dollars this year. This is one of the places they thought it was wise to spend money as opposed to, you know, adding uh, an actual useful bullpen arm or a bat. Not that a million dollars is going to buy you much in today's game. But still, um, it's just odd when you look at the fact that they went out of their way to cut salary yet decided to keep Neil Ramirez. But hey, he pitched well today. So... When we kind of look at the total statistical performance of the Indians and their hitters, we'll kind of do a full count trends preview. It's the same guys it was before in most situations. You know, Leonis Martin leads the team in home runs. Uh, Lindor is second, tied with Bowers. Your on-base percentage king is Santana. Might be interesting that Kevin P, the other catcher, is the uh, number two guy in on-base percentage for the Indians. He is performing well, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know you're going to sit back. He's performing well. He's hitting two twenty-two. Well, look beyond that. He's walking a lot. He's hitting doubles. His home runs, his slugging percentage is high. He actually has the highest OPS of anybody on the Indians with more than uh, 20 at-bats. So that that's kind of something to look at, that here's someone who maybe should get a few more opportunities. Mike Freeman is third on the team in uh, on-base percentage. Fourth is Jordan Luplo, and fifth is Leonis Martin. I think that kind of says all that you need to say about where it is with this team right now, that they are just... Uh, they're not getting on base, which means that even when they do have an eight-hit game, they lose to someone with a five-hit game because they're not able to string those hits together into anything. Uh, it's very sporadic, and that is part of their issue. Carlos Santana leads the team in pretty much every category but home runs, uh, but even his performance has started to slip a bit compared to the uh, ungodly levels that it was to start the year. The Indians need to find some help. And if you need to find some help, ZipRecruiter is our sponsor now. So uh, ZipRecruiter, it's a, you know, if you watch the NFL draft, the whole thing was sponsored by them. You saw all the commercials. If you need to find a job or if you need to hire someone, it's a place to go where you can fill a need. Uh, yes, I, I part of me wants to go on there and make a joke account that uh, is a ZipRecruiter for hitting help for the Indians because, boy, could they use help finding someone. ZipRecruiter.
Okay, so let's get back at it. Full count trends this week. I think you have to start on the upswing with Trevor Bauer, who has continued to be the Indians' ace this year. He leads the Indians in most categories that a, a starter would. Obviously, he's not going to leave him and lead him in things like saves and holds. But his performance this year has been exceptional. There's no real other way to put it. He's been out there, and he's been a solid, steady performer for the Indians. So he has to be one of those players. I'm going to give another one to uh, another starter, Jeffrey Rodriguez, who had his second start. He's just pitched twice this year, but both have been strong performances. He's not missing a lot of bats, which is odd for a guy with his velocity. But hitters aren't picking up the ball. They're not making consistent hard contact. And he has really helped kind of fill the void. Uh, The reports are that Mike Clevenger might be back sooner than expected. He is on the 60-day disabled list, so I he would have to stay there 60 days. They could retroactively set that. I don't know exactly when that would be set to expired. To expired? To expire. But, uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear he's going to be back. It is nice, though, that uh, as they've given a few players opportunities, that I think they're starting to get to the point. And at least as a fan, I'm getting to the point where I'm a little more comfortable with the idea of Jeffrey Rodriguez as, a, as that uh, backup emergency starter. And when you get right down to it, his performance this year has made that Jan Gomes deal all the better. You know, we'll talk about Daniel Johnson later in the week, but as we talked about him in the previous week, uh, he's performing quite well in AA. So it's a deal where they had multiple interesting pieces that they were able to get. You know, Gomes is performing solidly. He's a 260 average, two home runs, 328 on base, 397 slugging. His OPS plus, though, is an 87, which means he's below uh, league average bat at the same time in 87 OPS plus on the Cleveland Indians would actually be pretty good because their offense has struggled so badly this year. But the Indians were able to take Gomes and flip him into three legitimately interesting prospects. So that's one of those deals that uh, I do feel more comfortable about. If you're curious who on the Indians would beat Gomes's OPS plus, it's Carlos Santana, Leonis Martin, and Brad Miller, who's no longer with the Indians. Um, Francisco Lindor as well, and Kevin P., the catcher, who I had talked about, who's having some strong performances this year. So we've done Bauer and Rodriguez. We've kind of talked about some of the hitters, or some of the, some of the pitchers. So now let's talk about a hitter who's been standing out a bit for performance. And I think we'll go back to uh, the catcher. Talk about Kevin Plawecki, who came over basically for... um, I'm blanking on the utility infielder from Akron that they they traded away, along with a pitcher that they had gotten from San Diego, Lockett, I believe, who had been one of those guys that kind of got to potentially be a bullpen arm. Kevin B was a he'd been in and with uh, the White Sox. White Sox. I am just a mess this evening. Been with the Mets for a while, and there were some signs that showed that he was maybe a better hitting catcher than he had shown with the Mets. Some of the the advanced statistics are showing stuff like that. Last year was his previous high. We'll see if he can beat it. Of seventy nine games played, and. 
before this year, you know, his OPS high was a 764 in 2017. So far this year, he's at an 808. Um, I mentioned the slugging, the on-base are all high, but he's always been someone who's walked at a decent rate. He's, uh, he's had a little bit of pop, and we'll have to see what continues to go with him at this point going forward. But he is definitely making himself an option for the Indians. Uh, Roberto Perez is playing better. So I wouldn't necessarily just discount him completely. And Roberto Perez's defense is the main reason that he is playing. But at this point, uh, you know, I, I think there is a strong case to be made for why uh, Kevin Ploiecki is... Uh, sorry, I'm horrible with pronunciations. That's why I'm, like, pausing and trying to say it better. But why he is one of those guys that... Uh, Maybe he's earning himself some uh, some more playing time. So on the negative side of things, uh, two players stood out to me. I'll start with Oliver Perez, the relief pitcher. He was brought in uh, last year and was extremely effective as a loogie. The Indians were able to re-sign him, and this year has not been the case. You're looking at a guy who has pitched in five and two-thirds innings, and in those outings, you know, his most recent outing, uh, against the Astros, he gave up a hit. You go back to against Atlanta, two hits in a third of an inning. He's given up, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four games where he's given up runs. And, you know, this is a guy who's not up getting a lot of innings in general. He actually does lead the Indians in holds, but a lot of those holds were, like his third hold was in a loss versus Atlanta where he the Indians lost by a run and he gave up a run. Uh he has an, another hold uh, against Seattle. That was actually a strong performance. A blown save against the White Sox. Again, I can't stress. I mean, I was happy when the Indians brought him back because his 2018 was sterling. Um, there's really no other way to put it. He was consistently unhittable against lefties. His performance through the second half of last year was fantastic. Uh, this year it's been a completely different story, which is kind of the story of Oliver Perez's career back even when he was a starting pitcher. It's just consistency year to year was never his strength. He always had amazing stuff as a left-handed pitcher, but never seemed to put it all together consistently. And so far this year, he has been a loogie one cannot count on to get out lefties, which makes his value nil. And he's pretty much a negative valuation player so far this year. The other player who stands out is Jason Kipnis. This should be no surprise, as I mentioned him earlier in the year. In the last week, he has one hit and two walks while striking out six times. He played in one, uh, five games, getting almost uh, just shy of 20 uh, at-bats. And he was uh, his batting average over the last week. Let's see, on the 21st, he was hitting 409. And let's see, as of today, I'm sorry, that's his on-base percentage was 409. His average was 350, and as of today, it's down to 211. His OPS went from 809 to 523, his on-base percentage from 400 to 237, and his on-base percentage from 409 to 286. So, yes, it was a small sample size before, but he came in and he hit it well against Seattle. He hit well in the Atlanta series, though it was two games with Two hits, uh, sandwiched between two games, two games with zero hits. Kipnis's uh, performance last year was not good. I, I just expected him to be a league average bat. We'll see how it's early on, how things can balance out for him. 
But at this point, you do worry to a degree that, you know, 2015, 2016, he was strong. You know, 2016 probably stands out because the power was more there. Last year, he was a below average bat. This, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 20. 2017, he was below average. 2018, he was below average. So we're looking at it's been three seasons since he was uh, a performer. The Indians are going to play this out, and we'll be very happy to be out from under that contract at the end of the year. I Hopefully, he can get back to being average. I'm curious to see, you know, Kipnis will be 33 in April of next year. If he gets anything more than a minor league contract, I cannot imagine uh, that occurring before now and next season with uh, with his performances over the last few years. So that's it for Monday's podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling friend. It all helps. And as always, go Tribe.